Welcome back to Radio Free Use. I'm Lucy. And I'm Sylvie. What are we even talking about today, Sylvie? Today, we've been talking about some heavy shit. Yeah, unfortunate, uh, yeah. Most heavy of all is um, our tragic audio quality. Um, <laughs> now, we understand that some of you, dear listeners, um, have had issues with our audio quality. And to that we say, um, vent your frustrations by giving us money. Um, Into our non-existent Patreon. Exactly. Um, Yes. Make us our own Patreon uh, and give us money. And then uh, perhaps we will entertain your, your petty complaints. Also, you could just DM us for Venmo, and we'll you can you can just pay me directly. Cut out the middleman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mail me cash. Checks, even. Unmarked bills. Sign them so we know who they're from. Yeah. Give us a check. Just just give us a check from your checkbook, but don't fill anything out on it. Just give us a check that's like unfilled in yes give us a literal blank check we promise we won't steal too much well i mean we won't be excessive we'll only use it for necessities exactly necessities such as clothes and cigarettes yeah the necessities of life exactly hierarchy of needs cigarettes clothes weird tasting tea weird tasting tea What's higher than weird tasting tea? Sex toys. Sex toys, yeah. Speaking of hierarchy of needs, um, how have your needs been? My needs? How are your needs? My needs? Um, I don't know, they're fine. How are your needs? My needs are, are all over the place. Um, I'm in my like true switch era. Oh, so you're no longer in a top era. No, I may have bottomed recently. <gasps> I know, shocker. Some people are allowed to be switches. You know, I've I've come out very strongly against switches in the past, uh, which should. which I'm going to chalk up to um, internalized switch phobia and self hatred. <laughs> um, this is a problem we don't discuss enough in our community. Speak, uh, but uh, switches may not deserve rights, but we are real. We are out here. And we are topping and bottoming within the same 24 hours. God bless. God bless. I would have a top era if it, you know, made sense. It doesn't. Yeah. I, like, I could see you having, like, a, a, like a, a bottoming from the top. Oh. Or topping from the bottom era. But I could, I could never see you, like, just, just pure topping. I could do it. I believe in myself. I just choose not to. Well, yeah, exactly, because it's not what you want. Yeah. Don't don't top if it's not what you want. And don't bottom if it's not what you want. Don't have sex, because sex is wrong. Sex is immoral. Um, we have a, a monopoly on sex. Um, it is just for us. Just for us. It is not for you. Um, which is why we are here to teach you about it. Yeah. This is a, this is honestly it's a fairly chaste podcast usually. Yeah. Um we have never been described as a pet play podcast. Never. Um we 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 staunchly reject that label. Yeah. 
Some someone once described this podcast as a podcast for pets by pets, and I reject this wholeheartedly. Yeah, this is an owner's podcast. Um, me, I've never collared a sub. Me neither. <laughs> but genuinely, that's not even entirely true. It's it's a land of contrasts. It is a land of contrasts. Radio Freeze. Land of contrasts. I had um, dog for dog sex recently. Mm, how'd that go? It was a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of bruises. I can see some of them. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Got, oh, cool. You've got a couple here and here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got over here, too. No, it's just, it's just your shoulder. Oh, wait. Oh, maybe it's... No, they're, they're there. They're there. Oh, there they are. Wow, yeah. look at that. Look at that. Um, sometimes, um, two puppy girls, uh, enjoy each other's company very much, um, and they just have to have, uh, rabid barking sex about it. So true. Sometimes you just need to have weird animal sex. Mm Mm-hmm. That is separate from sex with animals, which we do not have. We do not have that. (laughs) We have, we have weird sex where we bark and meow and hiss and purr, and... And scratch. And scratch, and bite, and kick. Mm-hmm. And are hit with things. Mm-hmm. Again, not a pet play podcast. Not a pet play podcast. Um, not in the slightest. No. We... What kind of podcast are we today? Today we are a... We're a, a smart ladies podcast, a girl boss podcast, one could say. We... I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really annoying and say that I don't identify as a girl today. Okay. I'm in I'm in my extremely annoying non-binary era, um, which is um, me having a boy haircut, dressing like a girl, and using any pronouns, mm. um, and just having uh, wild fluctuations in gender presentation um, because I find it fun. And then um, being as annoying as humanly possible about it. Mm, so we're a gender-fluid podcast. We are a gender-fluid podcast. But we still, as girl bosses, at least as, a, as the girl boss... Um, I'm a boy boss, actually. Oh my god. <laughs> at least we have uncritical support for Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, absolutely. She did nothing wrong. Absolutely. Women can do no wrong. God forbid women make money. Yeah. She scammed Henry Kissinger. Based. Yeah. Also, rip it in fucking piss. Rip in fucking piss. Yeah, he he did die on Spotify Wrapped Day. That's right. You know, I found out Henry Kissinger died at a last second hookup. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it was like a it was like a, a spur of the moment grinder hookup, um, and the person was like. Oh yeah, by the way, Henry Kissinger died and we both just like lost our minds about that for 5 minutes and then had sex. Yeah. I was waiting for Henry Kissinger to die for so long. It's it's like genuinely insane. He he took his fucking sweet time. Yeah. Almost made it to 100. Rip and fucking piss. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely. Um any other earth-shaking news that happened? Oh, I'm now officially a mistress. That's right. I have my mistress's degree. 
This is a mistress podcast. Yeah. No gods, yes mistress. Mm-hmm. Our motto. How, how well did that meme do? I don't even know. Like, that's the thing. It's like... Do you run a meme account? I do. Not anymore, actually. I changed my bio to say formerly a meme account. Do you run a porn repost account? I do run a porn <laughs> repost account. We post porn here. Um, yeah. We post porn, but I don't think No God's Yes Mistress was ever from the meme account. I think it was only ever on the official podcast Instagram. Follow us. Um, follow us at Radio Free Use on uh, the socials. On on Twitter.com. Yes. It yeah. is it is Twitter.com. I will not hear otherwise. Yeah. I just think it's so weird that, like, they're trying to make us, like, they're changing their names to weird things. They're trying to make us change how we speak. And it just really feels like a violation of my free speech to call them something other than what I know them as. Twitter is having a non-binary phase. Yeah, but they're less annoying about it than the people I went to art school with, so... This is a very dark world we live in. Yeah. Where Twitter's non-binary phase is somehow less annoying than art school non-binary phase. I mean, I have an art school non-binary phase. I'm in my... Well, I'm not in art school, but if I was in art school, I would be in my art school non-binary phase. Yeah. I wasn't that annoying about it because I was too afraid to share my pronouns in... Because we had had pronoun circles at the beginning of the semester. I was too afraid to share my pronouns. I'm going to walk into my educational institution this semester and just start telling people that I use any pronouns and just watch them squirm. Yeah, I mean, my thing, my my tactic still to this day is I have my pronouns in my email bio. Okay. But in person, if someone asks me my pronouns, like, oh, I use, you know, like regular pronouns. Yeah. Regular pronouns. Mm -hmm. What pronouns do you think you should use for me? No, exactly. It's like, it's the little, it's the non-binary test. Being non-binary is really just a test for other people to see how they perceive your gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, because for me, I can't conceive of anything more interesting than how others perceive my own gender. Uh, but of course. This is a very navel-gazy podcast. Uh, it's a very shoe-gazy podcast. I, I, uh, I was like, what's, what's the loveless riff? And then in my head I went... It's like, yes. Buddy Holly by my bloody Valentine. No, when you were saying that, I immediately thought of the American football riff. Okay. Also not shoegaze. Also not shoegaze. (laughs) We're going to call it closer. Mm. I'd say it's the same distance, but in a different way. Oh, all right. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Are we really 12 minutes in and we haven't even talked about anything of substance? What is our topic of substance for today? I don't know, because I was originally going to say we should talk about audio erotica. Are you pivoting on me? Are you pivoting right now? I'm pivoting. What are we pivoting to? Audio erotica. Um, Which means I have to get fucking... This is Bridget Cuppus. Oh, also, yeah, everyone complaining about our audio. We have an editor now. You just told her to cut this, so now she's cutting her own shout-out. No, Bridget, don't cut your own shout-out. Don't cut any of this, actually, Bridget. Keep it all in. This is this is cinema verite. Um, but I We will... are breaking down the wall between the audience and the creator. Yeah. Truly the Jean-Luc Godard of podcasting. What do you know about audio porn? Not very much. 
everything I know I've gleaned secondhand from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about porn that has audio, but um, I don't know very much about audio porn that has no video. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because so for me, I was first acquainted with audio porn when I was probably too young when I was looking for feminist porn. <laughs> and it's called like Bell Bellessa, I think. Let me <gasps> I remember Bellessa. They're still around. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah, um They made some good shit. Yeah, they, but they they have a lot of audio porn. Oh, I never I never dabbled in that section. I I yeah, it's Belessa. Um, free porn videos for her. But also, if you go here, you've got... I don't know. There's definitely audio here. Yeah, here we go. Audio. Audio. Oh, nice. And so there's audio porn. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's like when people are like, send me audios of you whimpering. Send me a nut vid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing. It's porn you can listen to. And... We crave the sensory. We crave the sensory here. And for me, I think it really popped off because of COVID. Explain. So podcast listening in general skyrocketed when COVID started. It makes sense. Um, This is like something that I think is universally true. I'm saying that so I don't have to cite my sources. But podcast listening skyrockets. Um, And because of that, all you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. And so this was for the first time that a lot of women, so women in professional spaces often work longer hours. Mm-hmm. They work longer. They, cause there's this, you know, need to prove yourself as equal to a man that is kind of baked into the misogyny of the workplace. Oh, so it's not like a, um, Nicolas Cage in the in that vampire movie scenario where he's like, I'm a misogynist, so I'm going to make you work long hours because I hate women and also I'm a vampire. I don't think I've seen that movie. Oh, it's a great one. I'm forgetting the name, but uh, just like Google Nicolas Cage vampire movie. Wasn't, Actually, I have a phone right in front of me. Wasn't, he, wasn't that the new, the new Renfield movie? No, no, this is from the 80s. This is like... This, like, Nicolas Cage considered this, like, his magnum opus. Okay. Intriguing. Vampire's Kiss, 1988. Okay. Highly recommend. Um, If you want Nicolas Cage at his most Nicolas Cage, like, if you remember, uh, I'm completely derailing the conversation on audio erotica, but we promised to return after this short digression. Um, If you remember, like, the, like, Nicolas Cage compilations from back in the day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, half of that content comes from this movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, that makes... Okay, okay, that's intriguing. Because, like, there's definitely, like, a Nicolas Cage renaissance that we're kind of in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's the movie that came out, like, Dream Scenario. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. It looks really good. But then also a couple years ago, he was in Mandy. Mm-hmm. Which yes. is so That was, that was good. kind of the, the beginning of the, the cage assaunts. Yes. And I really... And so, yeah. So I think I think we're really, like... Because like people, like, meme Nick Cage. But they meme Nick Cage from, like, a low point in his career. And, like, 
he's a really talented actor. Mm -hmm. And I've really enjoyed a lot of his recent work. Um, He has a a range of dynamism that just, like, really... I don't know, especially, like, as he's gotten older, I think he's better suited for more roles as an older man. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the the Nick Cage FNAF ripoff. Um, The what? The Nick Cage FNAF ripoff. Um... Where he plays a, a, a like, mute um, kind of janitor for a, uh, an animatronic, um, you know, children's event space. Hold We're, on. This podcast has turned into us looking up names of Nicolas Cage movies, but this is a real thing. Yeah, audio erotica can wait. Um, Nick Cage. Audio erotica will always be there for us. Um, fucking, what is it? Animatronic FNAF? Let's just see if that works. Yes. Willy's Wonderland? Willy's Wonderland. That's the movie. Directed by Kevin Lewis. Yeah, it's got Nick Cage, who's a producer on it, actually. And it is... Kevin Lewis does not have a Wikipedia page. That was the director. So we're He's gonna... pretty underground. Yeah, it's an underground film. This is, this is an indie underground film. Mm-hmm. But he has an IMDb, so let's see what else he's directed. Um, okay, so here's his director directorial history, his, mm-hmm. his oeuvre. So his first film was The Method from 2000, or sorry, 1996. Then Andrew Jackson White Elk, 1998. Downward Angel, 2001. Malibu Spring Break, 2003. My goodness, I drank this too too fast. Dark Heart, 2006. The Drop, also 2006. Third Nail. Yeah. Third Nail, 2007. And then Willy's Wonderland, 2021. Coming back with with a smash hit after that hiatus. In terms of how these movies did, um, all of them under four, four stars. Or no, under five stars on IMDb. Only Willy's Wonderland, The Third Nail, have anything above a 5.0 in terms of stars. So these are bad movies. But he also was a writer, apparently. Interesting. So, Nick Cage funds a lot of bad movies. Yes, he does. That's, like, part of his his shtick, is he just, like, wants movie. He just wants movies to be made. Nick Cage is cool. This uh, is a pro-Nick pro, Cage podcast. Oh, absolutely, pro-Nick Cage. Um, because, why not? Like, he rules, and he's cool. I don't have any issues with Nick Cage, personally. Mm-mm. Now, what would it sound like, let's say... If Nick Cage did audio erotica. <laughs> I don't know, but I hope to one day. There is an audience for that. There is an audience for that. Someone who can do the AI really good should make that. <gasps> that feels kind of like auditory deepfake. Yeah. Which I, I, I'm not, I'm going to say that we're, we're not a pro deepfake podcast. Oh, we are, I'm a, I am a pr- extremely anti-computer person. Yes. Um, 
as unethical as it is, if you make um, Nicolas Cage uh, audio deepfake porn, please send it to us. Yeah, we will promote it. Or we might lock it in a vault never to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? I, be- I believe that Nick Cage is a feminist. I believe, I believe he's been on Bellissa. Yes, Bellissa, which is my personal introduction to audio erotica. Um, and so when we think about the audience for audio erotica, it's the girl boss. Okay. In my... Very these these are the women that are 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 staying up late order demanding uh the men whimpering audios. Yeah, well because they're They listen to Deftones. They listen they listen to Deftones, they want men whimpering, they want to I think it comes from a few things. So the first is a lot of the audios in my research. I didn't even listen to that many to to research this. I like read descriptions. A lot of them are men expressing desire for women. A shocking concept. A shocking concept. So, the rise in audio erotica comes with the pandemic, I believe, because um, girl bosses now are alone a lot more. Mm. You know, these are primarily single, primarily white, um, middle-class women who have professional careers, and now with COVID, they're alone a lot more. And so one of the things that actually starts to feature in the advertising around 2021-2022, which was when I first became aware of this uptick, was that, oh, you can listen to it at work because it's a podcast. Ah, porn at work. Porn at work. And so, like, there's a lot of that in the advertising, Um, you know, and it's like one of them, which we're going to get to, the most notorious, which I can't remember what I'm going So one of the most notorious um, audio erotica sites actively uh, promoted uh, promoted listening to porn at work yes quinn wow. is the the real the real one and so you just scroll through like their website and like it's for girl bosses it's for a specific type of oh woman. yes this whole this whole thing is giving very much girl boss and because they are making porn for a group of people who you know, they don't want to read porn. They can't read porn at work. Mm-hmm. They can't read porn when they're supposedly working from home, right? But they can listen to it. And so I think that combined with this just rising in general, the way that technology and the internet is shaping our sexuality, mm. right? People are looking for audio things to listen to in general more. And so you have, like, look, like, look at these categories. It's a fucking Instagram account or something. It's like, No, it really does look like that. It's Instagram infographics porn for liberal white women. Damn. Like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is like the girl bossification of sexual repression. And that's... That, the, the sexual repression is what I want to get into because I don't think audio erotica is liberatory. Ooh, a bold statement. I don't think it's actually connecting people with sexuality and sexual expression. I think part of it is part of their advertising, part of their promotion is this idea of getting away with it. Okay. And it's why I've brought up the fact that these are primarily white women a few times, and they're primarily liberal white women. That's their entire thing. Getting away with things? Getting away with it. They're not seeking to change the 
you know, fundamentals of sexuality and the sexual relationships within our society. Mm. They're looking to see what they can get away with. I see. So it's pushing boundaries, but for themselves only. Yes. I Classic see. white womanhood. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that is a, a core tenet of, of white womanhood, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I know we've been teasing the audience. Like, like, the first... Okay, but again, like, literally one of the first categories is after work. Yep. It's so associated with professionalism. Sleep aid. Come on. This is the, the audio erotica that keeps you productive. Yes. Fan favorites. Best of all time. Let's see what's trending now. Let's play... So this is actually... If we can get... Um, Bridget, let's play this one here. Um, this is the preview audio that they have on their website. Okay. Hi. Oh, sorry. Hi. Um, sorry, I haven't, uh, I haven't been to the library in forever. I usually just, usually just download audiobooks. I forgot about the, uh, the whole whispering thing. Yeah, my bad. Um, Yes, yes, you can't help me. Um, I'm looking for a certain type of uh, book. <laughs> yeah, those very specific. Sorry, um, like, um, like, uh, like adult novels. I don't know if you guys even have those here. Erotica, yes, um, erotica. I. Oh, you do? Oh, you have those? Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I um, like I said, I, I, it's, I usually listen to audiobooks, and I'm hoping to try and find some novels just to experience them a little differently, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's nothing to be embarrassed about, but, you know, it still feel a little, a little strange asking a stranger about um, that kind of book. Oh, you, you read, you read those as well? Oh, great. No, it sounds like talking to the right person. <laughs> cool, yeah, I mean, uh, if you could point me to the right direction. Second floor, okay, great. Back, back right or back left? Back left, okay, cool, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'll, uh, I'll check it out. No, no, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to show me. I'll, uh, I mean, yeah, if, if you insist. Okay, cool, I'll, uh, I'll follow you. <laughs> wow, yeah, this place is pretty huge. You can't really, can't really tell from outside. Back here? Oh, I didn't even know this was a separate section. I guess, yeah, makes sense that the uh, adult section is in the darkest corner possible. <laughs> Cool, awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I, th I think I can. Uh, I think I can take it from here. I mean, like, unless you have any recommendations or anything. Hmm, what kind am I looking for? I guess like something realistic, you know, like not the uh, the fantasy magic type stuff. Like, yeah, believable, exactly. You know, the real deal, like it's happening right here. I mean, like not like right here with us, me and you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're gonna stop it right there. Um, before it gets 
to a copyright issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is just confirming everything that you just said. Yes. Like, this is reverse librarian porn. This is, you are the librarian. You are dominant female, um, controlling, shy, submissive men. I'm not gonna lie. It did a little bit. It, it worked a little bit on me. You know, I mostly found it hilarious. Oh, it was funny. Like, no, I would never, like... This is the problem. Like, I don't, get, I don't know how you get off to it. Right. No, it's literally, like... A guy failing to make small talk and being, like, swept off his feet by, like, you know, hot, horny librarian. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, but, like, you gotta jump through some mental hoops to be like, okay, I'm the hot, horny librarian. It's, I don't kind of feel it, really. It really is. Because the eroticism, at least how I understand it, comes from the imagining yourself in the position of power. Well, yeah, something that's really interesting to note about it is um, the woman doesn't have dialogue. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a POV. This is a man talking to you, the listener. Mm-hmm. Not a character, but the, you know, in, in if we were to analyze this like poetry, there's a speaker who is silent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is a speaker who is not the listener, but who the listener is. Kind of this weird, I am not the speaker of my poems thing. If you've ever taken a poetry class, you understand this. If you haven't... Good for you. Good for you. I wish that were me. Um, I'm going to bitch about poetry class right now. I'm not even talking about it. I had um, a professor assign a book that less than a thousand copies were made of. How the fuck are you supposed to read that? Uh, it's a rare book, which means it's expensive as shit. That's a horrible way to teach your class. Yeah, and she had a copy, and I was like, you could scan it. Right? You could scan the rare book. Nah, it's too much work. Fucking, she was literally like the president of the fucking, oh my god, like a fan club for Iggy Pop. Oh, no. If you know who this is, and you're listening to this... Right? Um, also, DM me. Um, <laughs> this is super niche Brooklyn bullshit right now. Um, but anyways, the audio erotica, it is female empowerment, but it's... And I know it's literally porn, right? Like, I'm sure there's fucking and sucking that happens later in this. Mm-hmm. But it's not horny. No, it's lacking in sensuality. Yeah, and like I said, I'm sure fucking and sucking happens later. Actually, let's go, let's fast forward, see if there's fucking and sucking that happens. But it's not horny. No. Good girl letting a stranger suck your fucking clit up against this fucking bookshelf, you fucking little slut. You my good little slut. Okay, we're gonna stop that because uh, it was so much more cringe than I thought it was gonna be. Let him be submissive. Let him be submissive. This is for women who don't know what they fucking want. Okay, this is for women. Like, you, you want, you want to have your girl boss and fucking 
be eaten out to. Yeah. Um, well, okay, here's the thing. You can, you can, you can be girl bossing and topping, well, not really topping, you're straight, but doming in the scene and still be getting eaten out. Like, yeah, that was, okay, that, that was for the sake of, of a really bad joke. But, like, it's like you're going from, uh, you know, like, imposing a sexy librarian to good little slut in the span yeah. of five minutes. Like, hello, what happened? How did this, like, you know, Titty nervous... Man. Yeah, this nervous fucking loser suddenly, like... I don't know, it's performative. It's, like... It it feels like the... It's not compet, but, like, the, the fucking internalized, like, gender roles have, like been unleashed and it's completely taken over like the you know the erotic experience yeah and like you know as a bottom and as a submissive like yeah that's stuff i like but like you know make them like if you just literally like one make him submissive that would be better auditorily i think Mm -hmm. but also if you want him to be dominant in the scene have him be fucking dominant like the whole time yeah like, hey, I'm looking for adult novels. Where do you have them? Can you show me? Like, it's such a small script change. Mm-hmm. And this nervousness. It's like, because I imagine someone, you know, like, I imagine, like, a pretty generic, like, Brooklyn dude, you know? And, like, yeah, put him on his knees and fucking lift up your skirt and fucking let him go down on you. Like, that doesn't, like, fundamentally change the actions of what's happening, yeah. but it maintains the dynamic that you had already established. Yeah. And it's just... Also, again, literally fucking sucking, it wasn't horny. No. And this is the thing. It's like, I can listen to that, you know, probably could listen to a longer clip and walk away with the same conclusion that it's not horny because it's not... It's erotic in the most literal sense. And to be clear, we were getting this clip from, like, top audios. Yeah, this is... this is Well, this is the, the, the free sample. Okay. This is, what, this is what they're trying to advertise with. This is what they're leading with. Yeah. And, like, obviously as queer women, I think I would have a different perspective. You know, as, like, a... But I'm primarily attracted to masculinity and men. Mm-hmm. And, like, it doesn't work because it's not, like... They don't fuck because it's real. Mm-hmm. It is constructed. Not all porn is constructed. But, like, a lot of video porn, it's the artifice. Like, you know... Like, this isn't real. The story is not there. To yeah, be. we talked about this in our first episode when we I talked so, about yeah. gonzo porn. Yeah, and why it is attractive, and, like, why I'm attracted to a lot of, like, porn that is more framed as, like, internet content. Mm-hmm. Because it, like, takes that artifice and runs with it in a much more creative and constructive way. Because, like, if it is going to be artificial, why not reproduce artifice? Mm-hmm. Whereas this, they're trying to make it real. They're trying to ground it, and they're trying to like put forward something that just isn't alluring sexually. Like, let's let's just listen to to more of this real quick to make my point. Shut up. That's it. I'm gonna leave it in nice and deep. I'm just gonna leave it in. I'm just gonna leave it all the way in like that. I'm not gonna go anymore. 
because you're being too loud. Mm, you can't move your ass. You can't move your ass. I got your ass. I got your ass. Mm -mm, stay still. No, you can't. You can't fuck me back. Oh, fuck. Okay, maybe you can. <laughs> maybe you can if you're just gonna be a fucking slut like that. Stay still. Sorry, I can't listen anymore about yeah, that. Yeah, no, again, flip-flopping. Flip-flopping, and also... And, like, okay, there's a way to do switch for switch that is hot. That is not what that is. No, it's not switch for switch at all, because it's, like, it's it's the problem that I think is is it's not kinky enough. It's, it's and it, it could be. It could be so this much This is, like, you know, high-stakes, like, exhibitionist. yeah. yeah. But there's no kink to it. There's no... I mean, again, we could... I'm not listening to the whole thing, because uh, whatever. But, like, it, you know, it could be fun, it could be playful, it could be kinky, and it's just not... And also, like, I get it, it is an audio media, but... If a man was that vocal to me while topping me, like... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Men are meant to be seen and not heard. I'm sorry. We respect uh, quiet tops in this in this podcast. Yeah, look, you, you only need to say good girl a few times. You don't need to say it constantly. You don't need to call me a slut that much. Like, I, I love a that, verbal No, top. that is... Okay, well, that is my topping ethos. Because I'm, like... I... I, I you know... I'm down to have very, you know, like, I had a friend one time who launched into a whole tirade about, like, Baudrillard and, like, simulated sex. And we don't need to get into the whole Baudrillardianism of it all. We, we don't we don't respect the French here? No, no. Um, but uh, I'm down to have, like, what we discussed as, like, simulated sex. Like, sex that doesn't mind calling attention to its own artifice, you know? Mm -hmm. But there's a fine line between... Oh, thank you for the flower crown. There's a fine line between that um, and... I don't know. It, it, it makes me, as a top, feel too self-conscious, as I say, while a flower crown slips from my forehead. Um, feel too self-conscious um, to, like be enjoying myself when I'm all like, what's my next line? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, just let it come naturally. Right. Let it come up. That's why, like, I love a chatty bottom. Mm -hmm. I love a brat. Like, because it's like, okay, we're establishing a rapport and like, we can be a little silly with it, but I just feel like, I feel like that fucking guy when I'm, like, when I feel like I have to talk too much. Or, like, not, I'm not saying that I have, like, partners who have, like, made me feel that way. But, like, I don't want to feel like mm -hmm. that guy. So I fucking, you know, I'm not just saying good girl 50 times in her ear, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, as, you know, I love a verbal top. But also, I love a verbal dom more than I love a verbal top. So, like, mm -hmm. I don't need you to be, like, constantly assuring me, like, go, go, But, like, you gotta, you do have to sprinkle that in at some points. Mm -hmm. Like, when the context is right. Like, if you bottom out in me being, like, good job for taking all of that. Or, mm -hmm. 
or you tease me in some way and then make fun of me for, for my reaction to that. And, and it really is more about like, like honestly, like moving from communication and negotiation. And it's like moving from communication and negotiation to that kind of dirty talk is, is a process. Mm-hmm. You know, someone being like, like I think about it in like from like an impact scene that turns into me hitting top, like, you know, being like, oh, is that good for you? Blah, blah, blah. And then hitting someone and being like, oh, you enjoyed that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That way you're, you're shifting it. And then as you shift away from the necessity of like, you know, if someone's hitting you with fucking brass knuckles, a lot of communication is required there. Mm-hmm. But you shift that slowly into a communicative like, oh, this is dirty talk. And then you can kind of quiet down a little bit because you, you're not needing to communicate as much. And this this takes skill. Top practice. Yes. This is like, you know, when my uh, long-time bottom era became current switchy era, like, I fucking, I went out and I, I did the work, you know? I was like, I need to get my, I need to improve my, my top XP levels, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, because... Not all of it was inherently intuitive. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Just because it's not intuitive doesn't mean you can't top. It's all about accruing that experience, seeing what feels natural to you, and what works with the specific rapport you have with any given partner, and then running with that and working from there and going with what feels natural to both of you what feels good for both I mean this is just basic stuff but yeah. like I'm saying just because being a dominant person doesn't inherently come naturally to you doesn't mean you can't do it as long as you enjoy it yeah and on that note we're gonna take a break because I need to be I need to do this welcome back did you ever watch Phineas and Ferb as a kid? I watched a lot of Phineas and Ferb as a kid do you remember their running bit about that's what they say? Yes. Do you remember the episode where they're playing golf and they, uh, the, the titular they uh, says, uh, or it, it's either, or I think it's one of their, quote unquote, their sayings, um, canonical non-binary representation. Thank you, mm. Phineas and Ferb. Um, it's like, you can't get teed off before you tee off. Yeah, and there's this, the two fucking... Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, we're teed off. We're teed off. It was a really long... <laughs> a long road to get us to that. That's what we do here. Um, cis women. Cis straight women. Cis women, we need to talk. What's going on? How are you this bad at being horny? And yet, simultaneously, so horny. Well, that's, I think the problem is, they're bad at being horny. There's, like, not only social, like, sexual repression of women. Mm-hmm. Right? But then they're bad at being horny, which leaves them more sexually repressed and frustrated, leading to further worse erotic content. I, Okay. I know that we already talked about Fujoshis on the podcast. Already are, been there. Well-trod territory. 
But I want to go back to the Fujoshis for a second. Back to the Fujoshi mine? they're really onto something. See, I've been thinking lately a lot about um, the uh, time that my boyfriend and I cosplayed uh, these uh, yaoi characters at Comic-Con. Or not Comic-Con, at Anime NYC. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, has a cosplay account. I'm going to shout it out here and then bleep it if he says I can't. Um, but if you want to see uh, uh, my hot <laughs> femboy boyfriend... Um, cosplay some really faggy characters go follow at scream yaoi uh one word on instagram but uh yeah we cosplayed um this yaoi couple um and uh it's the the manga is you know very sexually depraved (laughs) deeply depraved not only were we one of the most widely recognized and um, not necessarily widely recognized, but most widely fo- photographed cosplays there. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of attendees who recognized us were cisgender women. Mm. I have, I have here in my dossier, concrete evidence that cis women are enjoying depraved yaoi. Now we we already have been there. But the fact that there is such a large audience, and I'm not, and I'm not even coming at this from a oh they're all Fujoshi's angle. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 point that I'm trying to make here is that many cis women enjoy sexually depraved content. It's not that they're not horny. It's the question is is where is that? Um, if you'll excuse the phrase, libidinal energy being directed. You know how earlier we were talking about Baudrillard? Yes. I think we have to bring Baudrillard back. (laughs) Because the problem is, at the end of the day, to like really boil it down, and I'm actually not going to bring Baudrillard back, I'm going to bring in an even more obnoxious strain of philosophy into this, which is affect theory. Oh boy. Um, read Berlant, like, read the hundreds, it will change your life, and if you, I don't know, that's a book that, like, you should read, everyone should read it, it's so good. Um, now, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, oh yeah, so women, thinking, thinking about this, and also thinking about that Lack of decisiveness, the, 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 the flip-flopping, the indecision on what is the role of the woman in that audio erotica, mm-hmm. you know, it's a switching, but without being a switch. And also the fact that there's a lot of cis women who are really into yaoi and the depravity therein. Cis women, it seems, not a cis woman, um, that there's a certain amount of allure to sexual situations that don't represent them mm. specifically, and, and, and instead look for more like general eroticism. But you can't. But it's. But I think because of social sexual repression that cis women face, they don't find themselves in porn. They don't see themselves in erotica because they're taught not to. Mm. And so the erotic affect 
must therefore be removed, you know, talking about where this libidinal energy goes, removes itself from the reflective, right? And towards this kind of, pardon the terminology, cucking, basically. The observer, right? I see. Okay. The cis woman as the watcher, the consumer, the visual. Rather than the active agent. Yes. there Because, of course, as we all understand under cis-heteropatriarchy, right, woman is sexual object, not sexual subject. And so that objectivity then pushes the woman out of the sex and towards an observer of the sex that they can see themselves in in some way, but also they're removed from it. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, I wonder, though, has the feminist porn that we've investigated Mm -hmm. provided um, an active role for the the female consumer or are are you maybe suggesting that alternative forms of erotic media like written media mm-hmm. are maybe more conducive to uh allowing cis women to be the active agent in their own sexuality well yeah i think that's part of the appeal of the audio erotica okay. right remember there's where the there is a female character who is the speaker but doesn't have any lines. Mm-hmm. And so you, as the as the listener, get to put yourself in those shoes. Uh, and I think for a lot of the feminist porn we do watch, we do see the woman as the active agent. I want to I, I, I want to point something out in kind of the the flip-flopping that we were commenting on in the particular um, audio piece that we were listening to. And I think that 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 flip-flopping contradiction comes from, uh, and again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of, uh, mental leaps here, Mm -hmm. uh, not a cis woman, um, but I imagine that some of that flip-flopping comes from, uh, these kind of congruent desires to both be an active agent Mm-hmm. in the sexual experience, but still be the receptive partner. Mm. Um, and again, I'm not saying that this applies to all cis women. I'm just saying that there are cis women who want to be the receptive partner. Yeah. Um, As a cis woman, uh, I, I would like to be the receptive partner. <laughs> thank you for our, our, uh, our sample size of one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so that's kind of a, a difficult um, way to approach erotic media mm-hmm. because um, how do you, cis woman who has been uh, categorized as the erotic object for so long historically, be an active agent um, while also getting to um, enjoy kind of, not, not I'm not going to say passive per se but uh you know a sexually receptive um role if that is what you so desire yeah and i agree with all that so so completely and i think it's like when we think about 
Because we on this podcast we basically just talk about cis women's sexuality. I've realized this is this is an investigative reporting piece on cis women's sexuality. Yeah, and I think that when we consider sexuality and the sexuality of cis women, we're talking about a group who has to have a certain sexuality, um, kind of because of the nature of patriarchy. You know, like, it's very Tumblr 2014, but, like, women aren't allowed to, you know, if women like sex, they're sluts. If they don't, they're prudes. Like, obviously, very generic take. But it's this idea that it's socially unacceptable or you can fetishize women's sexual activeness, right? Uh, and this is the, the this deeper layer of patriarchy that I think a lot of feminist critiques don't get, is that the sexually liberated cis woman is a fetish object for cis men. In the sense of, like, like, uh, uh, men who, like, pursue dominant women? Both that and, like, the idea of, even in terms of a non-kink-related lens, we actually go back to, like, the vanilla set, it's like, a cis man is like, oh, she's, like, sexual, like, she's down, she's active, she's taking my clothes off, Mm -hmm. you know? For cis men, that is still a sexual objectification. So women are, cis women are really in this catch-22 in this heterosexual sphere, where even if you become the subject of your own sexuality rather than the object of cis patriarchal sexuality, you're still an object, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, as trans women, we can understand this as, like, a much more complicated set of phenomenons, but cis women in the, you know, matrix of domination are kind of not equipped for that, right? Mm-hmm. They don't move, you know, They because of their relative privilege. You know, again, we're talking primarily about cis white women in, in, in this because we're talking about audioerotic listeners who are almost, it seems, all white. I could be wrong. I would love to actually get the racial demographics of audioerotica. But yeah, I think the struggle, you know, we can think about... Am I going to really bring up Alexandra Kollontai in this podcast? I am. If it must be so. So, are you familiar with Alexandra Kollontai? I'm not. So, she's really cool. She was the first women... Women? She was the first woman elected to the Politburo in the Soviet Union. Oh. So, very early on. Um, she was one of the first women to really be in a leadership position in the Soviet Union... And she wrote this essay called Wingless Eros, which is all about how um, during and after the Russian Revolution, the Soviet Revolution, really specifically, um, both after the February, but mostly after the October Revolution in 1917, women were sexually liberated in a way that they hadn't been before because they were no no longer legally bound as much to their husbands. So they could get divorces easier. You know, they could, they could explore themselves sexually. They weren't stuck in this sexual repression. And so that led to a lot of really crazy sex happening. Um, and this wingless eros 
is great. It's this massive expression of sexuality. Also, a lot of queer people at this time got to express and openly live their sexualities. Not to, like, romanticize Russia in 1917. It was a horrible place to live. There was... The living conditions were terrible. But there was this hope, right, that you would move away. And so... You know, Alexandra Klontai advocates for a winged eros, which isn't a restrained, but an intentional expression of eroticism, not for its own sake. And I think that you can see that example historically not perpetuate itself. You know, women still to this day are largely bound by patriarchy. Again, if they're overly sexual, they're a slut, and also potentially fetish object, if they refrain from sex... They're a prude and a goal to be attained, or if they have any kind of sexuality at all, you know, it's still roughly within this subjective lens. And what to make of all of this? What do we make of all of this? One of the things I think we can take away from this is that there is this angling and pressure towards an emancipated sexuality. I mean, it's just so hard to, like, understand and, and process what we, as you know, society have to deal with and do. You know, because it's like, obviously we're not going to transform sexuality overnight, and we're not going to over their patriarchy overnight, and even if we did those things, the cultural momentum of them would leave us still in the position we basically are. We'd have, we have to change something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that, even though the audio erotica is cringe, I'm, I'm glad that it exists. Mm-hmm. I actually, I want to see if we can find one, bless you, with a female uh, performer. Let's do that. Because I'm curious how that would kind of add to our current uh, theories of audio erotica. The featured voices are almost, oh, here we go. Got the woman. Can I? Were you about to say that the featured voices are almost all men? Yes. Aha. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Here we go. We've got a pegging story. Mmm. Do we want to listen to the pegging story or one of the another lesbian one? I wanna I wanna hear the straight one. Let's hear the pegging one. Okay. That's three peaches. Listen to a sample. I flick my tongue along the tip, making the most of his anticipation before taking his cock into my mouth. Mm. 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 I pull my mouth away from his shaft and with my free hand, graze his balls. (laughs) I take a moment to tease and suck on them a little. Oh, fuck. Oh, you like that, don't you? Are you nice and warmed up for me, baby? Oh, God, yes. I keep sucking and glide my fingers further behind his balls, searching for the spot that I know drives him crazy. Before I go any further, I offer two of my fingers to his lips. He takes them in obediently, sucking them in and gliding over them with his tongue. Hmm. Hmm. I look into his eyes as I take my hand back and slide it around to his ass. I push one wet finger towards his asshole 
and tap gently against the tight opening. I finger the rim gently before pushing my finger ever so slowly inside. <sighs> That's enough of that. That's... Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, let's unpack that. Because there's, there's, there's much that needs unpacking. Yeah. Um, so where's the eroticism? Where's... Where's the horniness? Where is the horniness? It's not horny. Also... I, 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 okay. You know what it felt like? It felt like she's narrating, like, I mean, this is what's happening, is she's narrating, you know, quote unquote, what she's doing um, while Mr. Man moans in the background. And it's like, it's like she's breaking away from, like, not the camera, but the mic to the guy. And it's, it's just like, it, it 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 places the listener in like this very passive voyeuristic place that at least for me just leaves the sense of like what the fuck am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're again like you the listener are not an active participant whatsoever. In fact, you're just it's like you're getting this like second hand. And I don't know, maybe I'm just a visual person and audio erotica is just not for me, but it's like, it's, it's lacking in any sense of drawing the listener in. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, and again, these are samples that we're listening to, not the intro, but like, they're trying to sell us on it, right? That's what the samples are for. Mm -hmm. And it's not erotic. And I want to listen to a lesbian one that I have queued up here. Because I think this might help us. I can't stop looking at your lips. At the way your form-fitting dress showcases all your curves. <sighs> the way your chest moves up and down as you breathe. And then, suddenly, you're leaning in close. Very close to whisper in my ear. Your soft hair grazes my face. God, you smell so good. This is extremely boring. She's basically repeating the keynote from two days ago. You move your head away and our eyes meet and stay locked for a brief moment. You smirk again, biting your lip. I suddenly have a picture in my mind. Of you fucking me. <sighs> For a long time, I've dated mostly men. But lately, I've felt really drawn to women. And you're bringing that desire into laser-sharp focus right now. We I think we can stop there. First of all, points off for a uh, British VA. Yeah, absolutely. This is an anti-British podcast. Yeah. Actually so. But it's set specifically at a woman in tech conference. Oh my god. Oh, this is too on the nose. This this really is the girl boss medium of eroticism. Because also, it's second person. 
right? Mm-hmm. This, you are the girl boss. But also, you don't have agency over your own voice. Like, it would make sense to me. I, I, I just find the decision to have a second voice actor for the subject baffling. Mm-hmm. Because... The whole point of, like, having it be second person is that you, the listener, get to imagine yourself, right? But then having someone else speak for you totally, like, breaks that fantasy down. Yeah, I think what we've learned is that cis women and people who make porn for cis women are afraid to have that kind of sexual subjectivity. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? At the moment you think it's going to be achieved, it's rolled back. Mm-hmm. It's rolled back and it still remains objective voyeuristic. Yep, 100%. Which is just so incredibly fascinating that even feminist porn does this. Porn made by women for women. And in this case... Um... Uh, lesbians. I hate the term women loving women. Yeah, it's lesbians. born by women for women who want to fuck women. Yes. Yes. But also very interesting that they're bisexual. Anyways. You know, maybe it's more uh, relatable for the average listener. That's the thing. That's what I'm thinking about. Is it's for a specific type of woman who is a demographic that if I were cis, I would 100% be in. <laughs> it's okay to be bisexual. Yeah. No, I mean, I am, like, as a bisexual white girl boss, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know. If I were cis, I also wouldn't have gotten fucking laid out. Anyways. <laughs> hmm. Much to unpack. Much to unpack. Um. But yeah, it's, 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 there's this fear. There's this trepidation of sexual autonomy, sexual agency. And I think part of it comes from this queerphobic place of the predatory lesbian. Mmm. Say more. Well, because, for at least for this, you know, this queer audio, I think part of it is, like, you know, you're a bisexual woman. You don't want to fall into or reinforce or be concerned with those narratives. Mm-hmm. Right? You're trying to get off. Right? So it's fun, it's a fling, it's sensual primarily. You know, thinking about how they describe the hair, the dress. It's not, you know, part of that fear, I think, when we talk about when we bring it to a queer perspective, and the second person, right? If you're listening to a woman, right, a woman voice describe what's going on there, you know, it's kind of sapphic, even if it is a Mm -hmm. little bit. A little bit, I know it's straight. Oh audio. yeah, no, like those, like, uh, like, masturbation guide audios are like, you know, I, I, I don't think they're necessarily built for a, a queer audience, but like, there is a degree of inherent queerness there. It's a JOI video. It's it's literally JOI for. Uh, corporate girl boss cis women. Yeah, like, I don't, I didn't realize that corporate Memphis extended to porn. Corporate what? Corporate Memphis. Oh, the fucking... The fucking, yeah. Design aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally what it is. Can you, can you describe what 
Corporate Memphis is to a listener who may not. You know what Corporate Memphis is. It's like the really solid block colors, shapeless forms, weird faces. Let me pull up a definition because, like, you've seen it. Yes. I I, I didn't uh, know this term until fairly recently. Flat areas of color, lots of geometric elements. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... Think, like... Google banners. Google banners, um, subway ads. Subway ads, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, Hinge, Hinge, the, the app Hinge is mm-hmm. very corporate Memphis. Um, a lot of Canva mm-hmm. is corporate Memphis. It's bad. It's corporate. It's corporate. It says nothing. And it aspires for nothing. It is as unobtrusive as possible. Intentionally. Yes. And it's corporate Memphis, but for porn. It's porn that does exactly what porn is supposed to do. But again, I feel like the voyeurism is important, but also that fear, that trepidation. Because, you know, you don't want... You want women to feel effectively more or less empowered by the pornography, the mm-hmm. audio erotica. It's not super interested, even the masturbation guides, and I'm sure if we listen to long enough it would move that way, but it's not super interested in getting women off in the specific sense of like porn isn't designed, like porn for women is not designed to make women come. Yes. Yes. It's. It's, yeah, I think this is where it comes down to, like, how do we define the sensual versus the horny, right? Um, Which is, like, the sensual as the focus on the physical form and the body, and just the horny as, you know, that which will make one come. Yeah. It's not about making you come. It's about titillating and teasing. It's foreplay, which is great. Love love foreplay. But if you just do foreplay and then you go, all right, done. It's like, what was the point of all of that? Mm -hmm. It builds towards nothing. The Mm -hmm. climax is not somehow this raw physical thing. It's spiritual. It's sensual. It's the yoni. It's the, you know, it's just... Oh, miss me with that shit. It's just about... Effectively, the sanctity of the woman's eroticism. Mm. It doesn't go toward that this is something that is perverse, you know? Which I think is something that a lot of... Okay, maybe actually this is a real thing I'm saying, instead of just talking on my ass, but it's like, I think that's part of what people are complaining about when they complain about cis bisexuals or cis lesbians, is there's this... Perversion that is trans women. When you see trans women complaining about cis bisexuals all the time, mm-hmm. trans women have to be, have to accept ourselves through the perverse. You know, something I talk about all the time is how for most trans women, our introduction to transness is through porn. Yes. And not just as any type of porn, fetish porn. Yep. We are a fetish. We are perverse. And so understanding our sexualities as trans women requires a reckoning with perversion. Mm-hmm. But 
And porn like this makes that cis bisexualness much more acceptable, much more generalized. It's porn that is safe. You know, you get to remain in this lovely sexual objectivity and voyeurism without pushing yourselves to change to be the sexual subject. Mm -hmm. And so it makes this cis, this specific type of white cis bisexual woman, it takes her to a place where she can be queer or bisexual without being perverse. Yes. Her sexuality doesn't have to transform the way that like a dyke, you know, a true dyke has to have this transformative moment of in order to exist, have this identity and be a sexual person, I have to be a pervert in some way. Mm-hmm. It's the de-pervertification of queerness. Yes. I, and this is something that ties into, you know, people's complaints about like corporate pride. And I'm going to avoid saying the one kind of discourse uh, that we all know is kind of uh, being skirted around right now, but that's related. It's, it's kick and pride. We're not, we're not getting into that. Uh, oh, you want to talk about kick and pride? No, <laughs> please. No. Sorry for speaking the audio, Bridget. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yeah, I totally just blew that out. Uh, yeah, we're not doing that. But uh, it is related to that uh, the, the sanitization of queerness. I, I feel a disconnection uh, with queers who intentionally avoid that what is seen as perversion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I feel a lack of connection with queer people who buy into a, a sanitizing of their own identities. And I can understand it. Like, I can understand the individual reasons for doing so. But it is assimilation. It's not just assimilation. And I think this is, like, where, again, we could get into the philosophical semantics. And I guess we could, but it doesn't matter. It's not assimilation. It's the deconstruction of queerness. Mm. Right? Like, so people think about, oh, you're assimilating. And assimilationism is a real thing. Yes. But what a lot of people want to do is to redraw the bounds of the so-called queer community to be within cis-heteropatriarchy. Mm -hmm. And what that means is not just a, I want to assimilate myself, I'm just like you, you know, love is love kind of bullshit, but drawing a line saying, that is outside, that is other, that which I am bonded to. And that's where we get shit like, drop the T, you yeah. know, the like, LGB bullshit. Because they see trans people as being inherently beyond the pale and inherently perverse and beyond, you know, the, the saving graces of assimilation. Yeah, and so it's, it's not just, like, we want, you know, gay people to be a part of society. It's society needs to include this type of gay person and everything outside of that must be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And it's why, you know... I mean, obviously, we're talking about a very fraught political situation right now internationally. 
But domestically, there are genocidal bills being filed against the trans community. Yes. Um, Like, and I do use that term very specifically. There are, like, literal, you know, international criminal court legal standards that I think um, what's going on in the United States right now meets um, whether or not we can, we can quabble over genocidal mens rea all we want, but the actus rea of genocidal intent is being expressed, especially through bills like West Virginia Senate Bill 197, which was actually introduced in a different form in a couple of states in 2023, um, and it didn't pass, and didn't make it out of committee, as far as I'm aware, because again, there are multiple states that did this, but not being able to demonstrate transvestism within 2,500 feet or half a mile, roughly, of a school. Like, displays of transvestism would just mean existing as a trans person. Yes. Which would mean, in this under this law, trans people couldn't be teachers. Mm-hmm. Trans people couldn't be parents. Mm-hmm. They can't have bring their kids to school. Um... Trans people can't exist in a lot of communities. You know, like, where I grew up in Texas, I'm half a mile from the school. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't be there physically if that law was passed. And so that degree, you know, that is happening is we're talking about what are the bounds of acceptable queerness. And the bounds of acceptable queerness, and, like, this is such a tired point, like, they're talking about you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, obviously, this is such a tired point of, like, assimilationists, you're next, basically. But that's why they're not assimilationists. They know they're next, right? That's why they're not trying to circumscribe queerness into an acceptability. They're trying to, like, they're not trying to make queer acceptable and assimilate queerness in. They're trying to move themselves so firmly into a thing where their argument is queerness exists in this way. It is actually a somewhat interesting demand that's more interesting than we're just like you. It's your worldview already accepts gayness in these ways Mm -hmm. and forwarding this destruction because everyone agrees on that. And, you know, society does have room for gay people on its margins in, in this much more stratocratic and paternalistic, like, destruction of queerness where there is a distinct class um or or, or population discrimination um where it's like oh we can discriminate against people push them into these areas of acceptability because that's fine and i really think that that's what people don't realize they're working for it's not a you're next it's a we'll take what we can get Mm -hmm. as as our reward for helping you destroy that which is beyond. And it's really, you know, it's fucking awful. And, you know, there's like, um, you know, like, that's an ongoing issue of extreme importance in the United States. Also the ongoing genocide in Palestine, ongoing genocides all across the world. Um, some people overstate what is a genocide. Um, that's a thing. It's a real, like, genocide is, is not just violence. Generally, it is a specific actual thing, but there are many happening in the world right now. But it's also important to like think about the fact that, you know, there are people in power in the United States who would kill all of the trans people if they could. And it's why, you know, 
when, when talking about porn, when talking about sexuality, when thinking about eroticism, eroticism is about existence and vitality and pleasure and being a person, which is why, you know, I'm kind of ultimately disappointed by audio erotica because it's not choosing the perverse. It's not choosing the horniness. Mm-hmm. It's not choosing, you know, this wing, this winged eros or even the wingless eros of Kolontai. It's not choosing that. It's not ecstatic. It's safe, comfortable. You know, you can enjoy it even at work. You know, it's like, oh, it's a little teehee at work. You can tell your friends about it. It's like, oh, that's an important work. And that's acceptable. It's so within the realm of acceptable because it doesn't push any of the boundaries when it comes to the sexuality of cis straight women or cis bisexual women under the cis heteropatriarchal like complex that all fascism is born from. Yeah, I mean I think we can hear that even in like like the fucking bones of the thing. Like this isn't a, a, a criticism of the the voice actors, mm. but because um, I, I I don't believe that their performance is you know entirely up to them. Um, but that I mean you know we we like joked about it, but it is you know actually pretty important to note that that manner of speaking is very white corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it honestly, I think part of why I like couldn't stop myself from laughing through half of it was that it sounded like an ad. Yes. It sounded like a YouTube ad. You're absolutely right. And that is so disappointing. And to to that, and something that I was in the background of all of this that we didn't address, it's expensive. How much is it? Like, five bucks a month for some of these. Sometimes more. It depends. Eesh. Like, obviously it's not, like, a ton of money, but, like, like obviously pay for your porn, but, like, it, like, isn't... <sighs> it's not porn. No. It's not, like... It's like, you're not paying for, you know, it's like, you know, if you pay for porn, you're paying for a studio or an individual who you like. Mm-hmm. It's you're supporting this structure that has all these, you know, things that we've been criticizing for the past hour. It's a glossy, packaged, sensual, but barely sexual experience. Yeah. Audio erotica. Do better. Do better. And if you, a listener, have a disagreement where you're like, this actually is a good audio erotica, please send it. Yeah, we, 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 will, we would love to hear some more like independently produced um, audio erotica. Maybe something uh, that, you know, does place the listener in a more active role. Um, or if receptive, explicitly receptive mm-hmm. in a way that feels, you know, it's like, I could listen to some moaning and noises and whatever, kissing with sporadic words, mm-hmm. but it really does center that um, receptive role. Speaking of good audio erotica, though, don't send us hypnophiles. 
That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> or do. I don't know. I've probably heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> we already did the hypno episode. We already did the, It's not released. It will be soon. Yeah. I'm going to send it to Bridget with this one. Cool. So, what are our concluding thoughts? Um, I, I, I'm going to say, let cis women be perverts. Let bolds, literally a bold to actually bold to ache. Let cis women be perverts. I think, especially as we think about like who are, as trans women, our biggest allies, it's cis women. Yeah, they can be. They can, you know, people f- focus on, on the bad, but... If you think about who our most vocal allies are, it is cis women, and we need to let cis women be perverts because they should be allowed to to be, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't, you know, we I feel like criticized you know this this stereotypical cis white bisexual woman a lot, but she is an ally, and she should be a pervert. She can be an ally. She can be an ally. But yes. This is not, this podcast is not anti-cis women. Cis women, we love you here. Um, And we love when you're perverts. We think that's pretty fucking cool. Um, You, like, deserve fucking better than corporate, sanitized, desexualized bullshit. Mm -hmm. Get a free use kink. (laughs) And that's... Radio Free Use. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop recording now. What an episode.